BeastNet is brought to you by James Safety Services in partnership with OCR Bunny and OCR Strong. Here we discuss all things OCR and fitness related. Welcome to BeastNet. Hey everybody, it's Mike with BeastNet here and on today's episode I got with me Tim Wilkinson. Tim, um, let everyone know a little bit about who you are. My name's Tim Wilkinson. I'm 51 years old. Uh, a major hobby of mine is doing ultra endurance triathlons. Now that sounds interesting. So, so ultra endurance triathlons. Now, what do you mean by that? I mean, I know triathlons, I mean, sprints, Olympic, you know, you've got your, your 70.3, your 140.6 or whatever it is. Um, what do you mean by endurance? It's the distance longer than Ironman, which is the 140.6. Um, there's a double, uh, double anvil triathlons, and that's the distance equivalent of doing two Ironmans. So you do all your, all the swim, then all the bike, all the run. And you, the gun goes off, you go until you cross the finish line. And that's, uh, you have a 36 hour time limit. And there's also uh, Ultraman, which is a three day event. Day one, you swim 10 kilometers, then you bike 145 kilometers. And day two, you bike 275 kilometers. And then day three, you run two marathons, 50. 84.4 kilometers, 52.4 miles. And each day on the dot, on each day on the Ultraman, you have a 12 hour time limit to get the day done. And if wow. you exceed the 12 hours, your race is over and that's it. I mean, I'm just thinking the third day you're already destroyed and you got to run two marathons in under six hours a piece. Correct. <laughs> yes. I've, I've done two Ultramans. I did Ultraman Canada in 29, July of 2019. And uh, I qualified for the world championships in November of the same year in Hawaii. Now, those ones seem, I mean, that's, I'm having problems even getting up to a 70.3, but... <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I just started, I mean, this is only my second year, even doing triathlons. I've been done OCRs. I've done all that stuff. And it just kind of, it sounds bad to say it, but I got kind of bored. Kind of the reason I started doing OCRs is I got bored with regular running. And then it's like, so I started doing OCRs with all the obstacles. And then after a while, I'm like, okay, this is kind of fun. What's next. Yeah. And that's when I went to the, the, you know, doing the, the triathlons. And for me, I'm not a good swimmer. That's my biggest, biggest struggle. Um, and I hear that from a lot of people. I think that's why a lot of people don't jump to triathlons is because of the swimming. Um, I know a lot of people end up doing the duathlons, which I'm like, if you're going to do it, just do it. You <laughs> know, so, so go for the triathlons, but it's, I couldn't even imagine. Like I said, the 70.3 is, is the, the hurdle that I'm at right now. I've had, I've DNF two back to back 70.3s, um, both of them in the same, I, I, there's a lake that's pretty much become my ne nemesis. I've all, the only three triathlons I've ever DNF'd in my life have all been in the same lake. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's become my nemesis, but yes. um, both of 70.3, it's been the bike. Um, the swim I did okay. It ended up being the bike. The first year it was because I borrowed a bike and I wasn't used to it. So uh -oh. I, I just couldn't get it up to the speed I needed to be. To, you know, and I hadn't trained enough on that bike. And yeah. This year, I actually I I bit it on the bike, and when I did, I bent the back brake pad, and oh, I didn't no. realize it, and I could didn't realize I was dragging the brake. Holy for, cow! For like thirty miles, so I came in six minutes. Oh, too late because oh. I was dragging that brake. But and the, I I lost if I hadn't stopped, I stopped like three times to try and fix because i knew something wasn't right you i mean you've ridden a bike enough obviously that you know when you ride your bike and something's not right and Correct. i knew it wasn't i just couldn't put i couldn't figure out what it was you know the whole time it wasn't until i got home and i put it up on the you know lifted it because it hangs from the, in the garage and when i started pulling it up i grabbed the back tire and kind of spun and it just it didn't even do a quarter turn 
and it's oh, like, i'm like oh and i'm like it's got to do better they're, they're brand new that was the first time those rims and tires had been used I, you know well, so I'm like, they, they, yeah it hurts more than one way <laughs> yes it did it did my legs by the time i finished i couldn't even clip my legs in yeah because if i clipped my feet in i couldn't my my legs were so smoked i couldn't like unclip quick enough yeah so I had to like flip them over because I have the pedals where I could flip it over and just pedal normally. And I just yeah. flipped them over into normal pedals for like the last probably six miles because I'm just my legs. I knew I couldn't. They were just so tired. I couldn't pop them out. And I mean, that was just a 70.3. So I couldn't imagine doing the numbers <laughs> you're talking about. Well, it, it just like everything you build up to it. Uh, you spoke of the swimming uh, prior to I uh, my first race. I hadn't even done any swimming up to that point. Uh, the only swimming I did was at the local swimming hole and you just go there to hang mm -hmm. out and, and look at girls. But uh, then you just start swimming and swimming and then gradually you uh, pick it up and learn how to do it. Theoretically, that is. Theoretically, it's like I tell a lot of people when I first, because I did my very first sprint I did, I, I was destroyed. And I mean, I was just doing a sprint, which is what, 500 meters in the in the mm -hmm. water. And I was wrecked. And it's like I afterwards, but of course I did that and then signed up for an Ironman right after that had the half iron because I'm like, oh yeah, that sounds great. Um, <laughs> and immediately asked my friends, I'm like, who wants to teach me how to swim? Mm -hmm. Like you just did a triathlon. I'm like, I didn't drown. I didn't swim. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I figured out there's a huge difference between not drowning and swimming. They, they're yeah. two completely different things. And that's what I did in that first one. I just didn't drown. Yes. You know, but swimming was not what I was doing. <laughs> yeah. Well, in my uh, first 70.3, um, there's weeds. The last probably 500 meters of the swim, there's weeds. And you're looking, your face is in the water looking down and just I'd say, just like most people that are, you see weeds, you kind of have a little freak out inside. Mm -hmm. And then the freak out gets a little <laughs> louder when you start touching weeds. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's yeah. something about being touched by something underwater that, that gets us, you yeah. know. And that's the hardest part for me because I have asthma. So if I my breathing starts to go bad, I start having issues. And I that's where the first time I DNF'd to an, an Olympic um, was because of asthma. I had a, a swimmer come up be the Olympic swimmers went first and then the sprints went after us and I didn't make the turn before the sprint elite went. Yeah. So as I was coming around the turn and they were doing the same turn, they pretty much swam right over me. Yeah. And I sucked in water. Once my breathing was gone, it was gone. And that one was, that's why I had problems that one. But on the, the last one I did, I started having breathing issues and I actually made the choice of, I swam over to a kayak and just grabbed it for like 30 seconds, just enough. Like I need to get my breathing under control now, because if I don't, I'm not going to be able to do this. And so yeah. I stopped for that 30, 45 seconds, calmed my breathing down. And then all of a sudden you could see it even on my, you know, on my Garmin, the, my pace suddenly just jumped. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's all mental. A lot of it. Absolutely. It is. Absolutely. And that's, uh, as the distances grow, it, it just grows yeah oh, and, <laughs> it, I, and i could see that i mean so when did you start doing triathlons how long have you been doing it um about 18 years okay so i have another I, 10 or so years to build up to those, those big ones oh. <laughs> well it's only in the last uh what is it 2022 last three years that i've done the ultra endurance races I'd uh, done a lots of 70.3s, um, did two Ironmans, and when I crossed the finish line, uh, both Ironmans, I, I raced hard, but I still felt like I had a lot in the tank that I could have kept on going. Wow. And, and uh, I started, I saw the, uh, what piqued my interest in Ultraman was when I first saw the Ultraman logo at a race. And I didn't know what it was, but I remembered it. And then after the race, I went home and Googled it and found out the distances and uh, started thinking seriously about it. And I just couldn't let it go. So I, I started training for it and uh, went into Ultraman Canada. And it's, uh, 
you sign up, but you don't, you, you, you have to qualify for Ultraman. Mm-hmm. It's not just take my entry, entry fee. You have to qualify. You have to finish an Ironman. And then they check, basically you do a resume to uh, qualify. And then uh, it's limited to 40 racers. Oh, wow. Yeah. So when, it, when I was first uh, inquiring about it, uh, like Ironman, there's 2,500 plus racers. So I'm thinking, okay, how many Ultraman racers are there? I had no idea. And then when I found out that it's capped at 40, I go, wow, <laughs> I had absolutely no clue. And then I got an email a couple of days later that, uh, that I qualified. I met their requirements and uh, started training seriously. And I ended up getting seventh overall at Ultraman Canada. And as I said, qualified for the world championships in Hawaii. Which, I mean, it's one of those things just to be able to finish it is amazing. Um, Absolutely. Um, finishing it, that's the first goal. Placings was is never, no matter the distance, it's never on my mind. If it's if I end up getting a decent placing, my power's blinking here. We've got about eight inches of snow here. Um, so it, it's never on my mind to get a high placing it's the goal is to finish for finish the distance yeah which i mean for me right now that's how i've been i mean like i said this is only my second year doing any you know the the very first triathlon i did was a sprint last july so it's only you know been a year and a couple months since i did my first one so i i'm still kind of getting into it getting used to it that it's it's definitely a different sport. Um, yeah. And the training's different. Like I, my biggest mistake this year is I did a lot of, I ran, I rode my bike and I swam, mm-hmm. but I didn't do anything really else. Yeah. And everyone, and that was the biggest was talking to a lot of coaches. They're like, yeah, that's your mistake. You still need to lift. You still need to do all this. You need strength training as well to, you know, besides just the endurance to like, make sure you can, can handle all that. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I didn't think about that. So well, it's funny you should say that because in all of my training uh, leading up to and including Ironman, I just did the swim, bike, run training. I didn't lift any weights. Yeah. I didn't coach. And I just, the goal was to get the distance of each discipline in knowing that I can cover it in a race. Yeah. And that's my thing. I need to get it. I know I can do the Olympic. I've finished multiple Olympics now in sprints. For me, it's been the 70.3, but it's one of those. I know physically I can do it. Yeah. I've just had bad, you know, I've made mistakes. Like the, the, when I, like I said, I bid it on the, the Ironman this year, it was my own fault. Um, I have my clips, like I said, for the pedals, but the pedals when i got my bike oh i found i got a, a specialized delay that my father-in-law found at a garage sale for 10 bucks oh wow <laughs> so I, i'm a, i'm almost a grand into it with you know fixing it up new tires new rims everything else but still but um the pedals are the the adjusters stripped so i can't adjust them so they're too tight and that was my problem i had to i was going up a hill i lost momentum went to pop out and because it was too tight my foot didn't pop out quick enough so okay. I ended up falling over. And when I did, I hit hard enough that I actually bent the seat. Oh, wow. So I have a, there's, I had to get a new helmet because I dented the helmet. I hit hard, but it's, oh. it, but I also hit hard enough, like I said, to bend the back brake. Mm, that sucks. Yeah. So that's what killed me on that one. And like I said, the year before it was because I wasn't used to the bike. So it's been little errors like that, that you learn from hopefully. So. <laughs> You know, so the next time I have the bike worked on, I'm either going to have the, 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 see if they can fix the, the adjusters. Cause I really like the pedals. That's my yep. problem. They're really nice Shimano pedals, but I can flip it over and use both ways. So I really like them. So I'm either going to try and get them fixed or replaced, but yeah. And that's it. It's just, it's your gear. You're only as good as your gear. If you don't have the good gear and you don't know how to use your gear and you don't take care of it, you're, you're going to have problems. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. 
Well, training, training for uh, Ultraman, I, the distance in the water is 10 kilometers. Part mm-hmm. is on the road, right? Mm-hmm. But when you're at the shore of the lake and you look in the distance, <laughs> how far 10 kilometers is, and it looks a little further when your face is yeah. in the water. <laughs> Now, when they did, had you, was it an out and back on the, the 610K or was it just you went? Yeah, at Ultraman Canada and the World Championships, it was point A to point B. Yeah. Yeah. And so then, you, go ahead. I was going to say, then you have, the, you have the bike set up at the end of the, the swim? Correct. So you can just swim right to the bike. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You get out of the water, go, your, your crew... Uh, Having minimum two crew is mandatory. Mm-hmm. So your with uh, your one of your crew is in the water in a kayak alongside you, making sure you're safe, of course, and handing off nutrition when you need it. Yeah, because I, I you know, and I never thought about that because like on the Iron Ironmans and stuff, it's you know, there's a lot of people in the water, so they have kayaks, they have everything else. Um, I'm sure it's probably got the same rule where you can grab the kayak. You just can't go forward with it. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So I could see that. I mean, that would be interesting with only 40 people. Then you'd have to have your own crew. Cause I mean, it sounds like it's a very minimalistic race, which there's not very, very, there's not very many nutty people. No, No. (laughs) but the nutty people, they all get along. You become friends with everybody during the race and at the end of it your best friend you stay in contact um all the people i'd say 90 percent of the people that i met i'm in still friends with and interact with them wow see that just sounds it sounds like something to work to i mean i know i'm gonna it's one of those where i get these crazy ideas like i want to go do that which i do but i know i need to work to that one and i mean that's i think it's good too that they make it so you have to qualify um yeah because there's people like me who just randomly like that sounds amazing and then i i sign up for it and then i'm like yeah i bit off more than i can chew but i'm still gonna go for it um (laughs) which if you knew me that's pretty much my entire like when i started doing spartan races the very first race i ever did was a beast so i didn't even i'm like yeah let's go for the biggest and worst let's let's go for it um (laughs) so i mean that's just my personality so you're telling me about these ultra i'm like this sounds amazing but um, there's been a couple other ones that I've looked into that I knew I've seen where you've had to qualify because they have a limited amount of people and they also want to make sure you can do it. Cause one of the ones I've looked at too, just because it's not the great distance. It's just, it sounds fun is the, uh, Alcatraz. Yeah. I want to yeah. do escape from Alcatraz. That's quite the, uh, quite the ordeal in the water. I understand from what I understand, it's quite a current mm-hmm. and there's people that want to do that race and they have a lottery for it yeah yeah you have to qualify and then there's a lottery because i think it's only i think it's that i think that one's capped at about 200 mm-hmm. so and i think yeah it's and it's it's a, it's a 700 dollars race but um <laughs> yeah that's a yeah. tough pill to swallow though it is it is and it's not a great distance it's only i th- i was trying to think i think the swim is only a little over a mile and then i think the the bike and the the run is maybe about the the equivalent of somewhere between a splint, sprint and an Olympic. So it's just like the, the great idea of swimming, you know, mm-hmm. that they told us for years is an impossible swim, but I've actually done some research. It's not that hard of a swim from Aquatraz to the. Yeah. Marketing. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. I do. I do another podcast. It's like conspiracy theory stuff. And I did one on Aquatraz on the escapes and I'm doing the research. I'm like, there's like four, they take, kept saying shark attacks they've like four sharks have been seen in that bay in the last like 20 years <laughs> like wait a minute yeah you so, putting the scare in people yep and that's you know i mean i think that was the hardest part for me at first because like i said i'm not a good swimmer I'm, i've never been a swimmer and i it was when i started to do it because i kept telling myself i'm never gonna do a triathlon because i don't like swimming but then after a while you know you get that idea in your head and you're like well this is why i should do it mm-hmm <laughs> because I don't like swimming. So it gives that whole new challenge. And it's, it's quite interesting. I mean, like you said, you've been doing it for 18 years. So what, what got you into it? Was it one of those things that you just, cause I know what you said, you're 51. So 18, you would have been your, your thirties when you went for it. Yeah. 
Well, I, uh, growing up, I did lots of running. Um, I did a 10, 10K Terry Fox run uh, in 1981, when my, the year my mom passed away. And I really enjoyed running and I continued to do so. And then I jumped up to a half marathon, then marathon. And, and then I started doing ultra marathons, distances beyond marathon distance. Mm -hmm. Really enjoyed them, and then I saw started seeing more and more of triathlons for whatever reason. And I, uh, I first made the decision when Simon Whitfield won the gold in uh, Australia. And Ooh. I said, "I do this. I'm going to do a triathlon. I get a bike and let's go do this." And then I I started doing distant different uh, distances and. As I said, the uh, half uh, 70.3, 140.6 distances, I still still uh, was ready to go some more. Yeah. That doesn't mean that I was blazing fast. I had 12 and 1227 Ironman. Like, that's not fast at all, it's just doing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and then that was in 2008. And then uh, I just started doing longer races and I really enjoyed them. Yeah. And see, for me, I'm one of those ones. I've never been, I'm the same as you. I, I just go for it. If I finish, I finish. That's the goal. If I end up getting, you know, some kind of whatever, you know, on top of that, great. But for me, it's like just finishing the race is my goal. I mean, it's, I mean, I've been completely out of shape because, you know, I'll be 45 like now. I just, this week is my birthday. Um, but it's one of those, like I started later, like my first marathon I did, what it's been five years ago. Yeah. Five years ago. Cause I did it six days before my 40th birthday. Cause I told yeah. myself I did a half marathon, like right around my 30th. And then I'm like, I'm going to do a marathon before my 40th and then injury after injury after injury. And then right before my 40th, I was just about 280, and I'm like, I'm doing it anyway. So oh, wow. it, took me, it took me like nine and a half hours. It was brutal and dumb wow. but but i came back and i did the same one last year in 540 so well yeah. the goal is to see two lines start line finish line yep what happens in between is irrelevant yes it is and that's kind of one of those things for me i'm i know i'm not you know because it's just not my goal i'm not my goal isn't to be first place my goal is to finish it to push myself farther to be better than i was yesterday and that's Absolutely. you know always been my thing so but yeah, yep. hearing those, those sounds, what other, are you going to be doing more endurance ones or are you, what's the other ones you got on your mind? I know the Ultraman, I mean, sounds like an amazing one that I'd love to do, but some. Yeah, uh, I did in 2021, I did, uh, did a double anvil. I did it on my own because the race in Oregon I, we, uh, we weren't able to, the borders were closed, so you couldn't cross the border to, to race. Mm -hmm. I had trained up to that point and I was ready to, to race and still couldn't cross. So I decided to uh, put a crew together and do it on my own. Wow. So did the swim at a local lake, uh, did the bike up and down the Island here and, uh, did the run around the parking lot of a mall, shopping mall. Because by that time it was at night and there's no traffic, no vehicle traffic to worry about. And the parking lot was lit. Yeah, that so, makes sense. Yeah. So I, I, and I did it in 35 hours, 49 minutes. Wow. And which one's that? That's the, the anvil was. Double anvil. Yeah. And that's a 7.6 kilometer swim, 360 kilometer bike. 84.4 kilometer run. So I did that and I was quite pleased with it. And then uh, last, this past June, uh, I went to the race that I intended to go to the year prior. Mm -hmm. and, uh, I wasn't, it was my first DNF. I, uh, they, the weather was <laughs> an atmospheric river, they call it. The, ri the river rose 15 feet. It rained for 15 hours. Um, I had, I was fit and ready to race 
knowing I was gonna finish, but I what what I wasn't ready for was the uh, the rain, so I didn't have the proper equipment. Yeah. So I pulled the plug at uh, 275 kilometers into the bike. And, so, and that the rain can get you. Weather is one of those ones that's the the hardest thing to be ready for. I know I've had a couple races where um heat is usually, I mean, living in Washington, I'm used to the rain. So I have so much different things, but even then for that distance, for what you're talking about, I mean, you're looking at, you know, your feet are wet for so long. You're going to start looking at trench foot. You're going to start looking at other issues that people haven't even thought about, you know, um, cause I teach like first aid and stuff. So I know all the things that can happen from being wet for so long, the hyperthermia and, you know, yeah. like I said, trench foot, just having your feet in wet socks. Like anytime I know it's going to be raining and my feet are going to get wet, like even doing a Spartan ultra, I'll make sure I have another pair of socks yeah, and shoes so I can get my feet dry and, you know, everything else. So I don't get, you know, any of that, you know, so I can, I can imagine if it's 15 hours in the river, you have that much rain, you know, it, it would be, it it was, was tough one. it was it was tough yes the rain was tough but it also uh the darkness mm -hmm. it riding riding through the night and uh it was tough it, like it, everybody had to deal with it the difference was is i was under equipped mm -hmm. and that's that was disappointing to me because uh when i was talking with the race director craig braun he was talking with me and I was letting him know where I'm, where my head's at, what I'm feeling. And he's trying to dissuade me from pulling the plug and he's watching me walk and he goes, your legs are fine. I go, yeah, they are. I'm fine. It's just, I can't stop shaking. I got it. I felt, I later found out I did have hypothermia. So, and uh but it's it's an incredible race i i look forward going to go back to that race to finish my business there and i mean that's what's amazing is i mean that's what shows that what type of athlete you are is like it's not like oh i got beat it's over it's like okay i know what happened i know i got hypothermic i know i was under equipped now it's like how do i make sure that that doesn't happen next time yes you know, and that's the difference between a lot of athletes and others, you know, the people who get get these done is because, you know, a lot of people will be like, oh, well, I tried. It's like, yeah, it's kind of like <laughs> me with the Ironman. I've tried twice now to do 70.3 and I haven't done it. And now I'm like, OK, well, I, I'm trying to decide which one I want to do next year. Mm -hmm. so I think I might go for Eugene. Yeah. Just because I think I need to get over that mental part because I've DNF'd in that same like twice now. Yeah, so I think I need to go for another one just to get it like, get it under my belt, say I've done one. Now I can go back to that one. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Wipe plate clean. Mm -hmm. That's that's what like ever this race was in June and every workout since I've thought about it. It's been in on my mind. I want to erase that three letters after my name. And it's the goal is to get back there and to as i said finish my business there because that it's as tough as a course that is i know i'm tougher i know i'll get to the finish line because i know what's there mm -hmm. yeah like get an idea how tough the course is um when you're riding that long you you uh, build a bond with different racers you ride alongside them yep. yes them but they're you're each other's cheering section along the way mm -hmm. and people i've talked with people that have done triple anvils three times the distance of iron, the iron distance uh quintuple five times and that course in oregon with the double anvil it's they said that it was a triple anvil effort on a double anvil course and I found out like a few, like there's a lot of things that stay in my head. That was one of them. Uh, another one was it's a toughest double anvil course in the States. And then another one, a couple of guys had finished quintuples and they, they said that <laughs> it's as crazy as this sounds. They said that the quintuples they did was easier than this double anvil. Wow. Yeah. 
So it's a tough one. Yes. But it, it's, yeah, the cycle, the ride has got 14,500 feet of elevation gain. Wow. Almost half of Everest. Wow. Yeah. And then the run, just just to beat your legs up a little more, the run's got 4,000 feet of elevation gain. Whew. Yeah. So it's, it's a course, but it's a beautiful course. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm so glad that I went to it. Um, I, I had help getting to these races. Um, this rate, uh, these types of races, entry fee is quite costly. And I was grateful enough and lucky enough to get help, get support. Um, these people that helped me out, they want to stay re- anonymous and I'm, I'm okay with that. And, but I was I was grateful to get help, and I definitely want to go back to the race and acknowledge that they helped me, which I did thank them. Um, but I want to repay them by showing them that I'm I'm not a bum that, <laughs> that shows up and kills himself and gets a DNF. So. Yeah. And it's always tough. I mean, that is the hardest part sometimes is the help. I mean, some people don't realize sometimes how much even just someone knowing they're in your corner or they're, they're going to be there to help you, how much that changes everything. And yes. I think that's been, you know, the hardest part for me a lot of times is um, some people know this, some don't. When I was growing up, I was the smart kid in my family. I was the smart kid. My brother was the athlete. So when it came to athletics, nothing was ever expected of me. So whenever I did athletics, like nobody paid attention. So it was always tough growing up where a lot of people like, why didn't you do a whole, I'm like, cause nobody paid attention. I was supposed to be the smart one. I wasn't supposed to be doing athletics. Yeah. So now that I'm older and when I'm doing them, I think that's why I like having those groups of friends that are right there with you. And I love the team atmosphere because I love building each other up and just going for it. And when you have those, those people in your corner, it changes everything. Absolutely, it does. Um, training for training for Ultraman and uh, Hawaii and uh, Ultraman Canada and Penticton, excuse me. Uh, you learn who's in your corner. You learn who's in your circle, and they're they're always they've always been there, but it just they just get magnified when they show their support of you. Yeah. And family is a huge part of it. Um, triathlon has a big, <laughs> a big divorce rate. Oh, I'm sure. Because uh, <laughs> if you're out riding for four, five, six hours, what's your partner doing? And then you have add kids to it. You know, some some couples they feel resented. And. And it can become a problem, and there's ways of combating that. Uh, oh, there is. Give and take. Get up earlier. Go to bed later. You know, do things that partner likes to do. There's a lot of compromise in that because that's one thing for me. I, I've been what I've been married 21 years now, um, and that's one thing you know for us when I started doing like OCRs <laughs> and stuff, where some of the deals we made, you know, and a lot of people are surprised. Like if I go for my wife always travels with me when I go to races. Mm-hmm. So everyone always wonders why I pick the races I do. And I'm like, because me and my wife have a deal because she doesn't race. She doesn't yeah. do this kind of stuff. She's like, you're an idiot. Have fun. Um, <laughs> but our deal is she gets a vacation. Yeah. So wherever we go, that's why most of the race I do Hawaii, Texas, you know, Florida, stuff like that, where I go to races, California, warm places where she can have a vacation. Yeah. And I get to go race, you know, and that's kind of the things that we do. And then when I go train, usually it's, you know, I'll make sure it's ahead of time. I try not to do, you know, if I get off early, I'll go to the gym while she's before she gets home from work or, you know, Saturdays or Sundays, I I have my, my, my suffer buddies, as I call them, suffer brothers who I go suffer with. And we do crazy exercises, you know, she'll, that's her time, her, you know, time to do stuff. So we spend enough time during the week together and we make sure we plan around each other's schedules to to do that. And I could see with how much, 
especially when you start getting into the ultra marathons and stuff like that and the ultramans and everything like that, where that could become, you know, that's a lot of training time, you know, where yeah. I've done a couple with a, a buddy where we'll go for bike rides for 40, 50 miles. We're gone for, you know, three or four hours, depending on where we start from. Cause we have to drive there, do everything. And, you know, so I could definitely see how the divorce rate plus the cost. Yes. Like every time I, I, I take the bike to the shop and I come back with the, you know, I have a credit card that I have to hide from her so she can't see what I'm spending on it. So, you know, yes. Um, I've, I've done this sport a while. Um, along the way I've developed friendships, bonds, um, companies. I've become ambassadors being sponsored mm -hmm. by them. And that definitely helps out a lot. Um, just the nutrition alone, the supplements, that, that would be a, a feat to cover in itself. Um, but I, I'm very grateful to have the help of them. And I I'm, I'm, hope I'm doing my end and promoting them. And that, that's always a huge help. Like I said, it's always good to have people in your corner when you can get people to, to sponsor you. I haven't got good enough to get sponsored occasionally. I mean, I'm an ambassador for like noon and, you know, Spartan and stuff like that. But um, like I said, I, I'm I'm getting more into the Iron Ironmans and the, the triathlons. And I want to be able to, you know, really do that stuff. And it's like I said, the hardest part is sometimes the, the money. I mean, just in my bike alone, if I hadn't, like I said, I got lucky that my father-in-law found a specialized delay that fits me yeah. for 10 bucks, yeah. um, you know, and when he first brought it home, I'm like, um, that's, that, that's a very expensive bike. And he's like, oh, I paid 10 bucks for it. Do you want it? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> score. <laughs> so, and like yeah. I said, I put new tires on it, everything like that. The only thing is, is I would like eventually to, because it's a road bike, it's not a tri bike. And someday I would like to step up, which a lot of people are like, what's the difference? I'm like about $5,000. But um, it's one of those things like I never, if you would have told me even three years ago that I was going to be doing triathlons and that I would be able to call myself a triathlete, I would have been like, you're, you're out your mind. I, I don't swim. I, I don't do that. And like mm -hmm. I said, that was the hardest. That's the one I made sure, made sure that I finally got a coach on. I'm like, someone needs to show me how to do this because my entire life, I grew up swimming in rivers. Yeah. And like you said, it was like being at the old water hole. You jump in the water, you swim back to the thing to go jump off the, the, the you know, jump back into the water. You know, there was none of this, like, just swim and go <laughs> as a mode of transportation. Correct. And like I said, it's, if you're not doing it just right, you're going to wear your body down and you yep. get tired so quick. And that's what I noticed. You know, I was, I couldn't, my body was wrecked. And by the time I came out of that, those first couple ones, I couldn't breathe. Because, you know, I'd pushed so hard. My body was wrecked. This last Ironman, I was so happy with myself because I came out of the water. I still wasn't great time. I was about 50 minutes, you know, for 1.2 miles, which is under the time limit. So that's all I cared about. Yeah. But it was still, it felt a lot better than the other ones. Like the first year, I think, I don't know if I made it in time because I lost my timing chip in the water. Okay. So... <laughs> I came in before the last, before the cutoff. I know that, but I don't know if I finished in the hour, you know, according to my, my, my watch. And I started it like right before we started, I was at like an hour and 12, like 30. Yeah. You have an hour and 10 to do it. Yeah. So it was, eh, you know, right there. So depending on when I started and shut off my watch, but you know, and that's, I think the hardest part is getting used to, you know, how to make all that work. Well, the secret is not to fight the water, mm -hmm. relax in the water. And that's the hardest part for me. The second yeah. I hit the water, I like everyone always laughs when new Spartan races, the obstacle I hate the most and have the hardest time on is the dunk wall. They're like, all you have to do is duck your head, dunk under the wall in the water. And I'm like, yeah, uh -uh, I'm out. Can't do it. <laughs> well, sorry to laugh, but I, I, I understand that. I know exactly that feeling. I've seen people have that struggle and as simple as it sounds it's a real very real fear mm -hmm. and it's that's one of the reasons like when all of a sudden a couple of my friends are like you're gonna go do a triathlon <laughs> I'm like yeah i'm gonna go for it you know and i think that's one of those things and i think it's just from doing ocrs and meeting people you know like you and some of the other people i meet doing this 
when you, for me, it's changed throughout the years. It was like, if I had something I was afraid of, put that way over there, keep it as far away from me as possible. Yeah. And now that I'm like getting older and doing some other things, I'm like, Hey, I'm afraid of that. I need to go do it. And everyone's like, well, why? And I'm like, because it scares me. Yeah. And if it scares me, I need to go make it not scare me. And the only way I'm going to make it not scare me is I need to go confront it. Yeah. So, yeah. What's nah. not the end of the world if you don't succeed? Just try. Yeah. That's and that's it. You know, try. Oh, go ahead. And I just tell people that. What are you afraid of? Is somebody going to get you if you don't do it? If you don't succeed? No, just try. Yeah. Try. And then if you don't, learn from it it's like you know yeah. you, you're talking about the dnf in oregon it was never like well i dnf did happen you're more like okay this happened this is why it happened you know and it was one of those things when i dnf the iron man it was one of those because i know on facebook all my friends are following me they're like oh you know what's happening so i knew the second that i didn't continue after the bike that everyone was going to be so i just posted i said hey just so everyone knows i'm okay but my mm -hmm. day's over you know yeah. and i don't you know i don't want to talk about it right now you know, because mm -hmm. I wanted those two or three days. It was actually probably about a week, about a week to process. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you want, you just want to, you want to come down from it mm -hmm. and want to have a clear head to understand what happened to you, why mm -hmm. it happened, what can you do to fix it? Yeah. And, and that's what I think a lot of people don't get. And I think people who've never DNF'd don't understand that where it's like, I'm not wallowing in like self-pity in a corner mm -hmm. I'm sitting over here thinking, okay, what happened? You know, like you said, what happened? Why did it happen? What do I need to do? What steps do I need to take to make sure this doesn't happen again? You know, and I get, everyone always makes fun of me because I still have, because when you do the Ironmans, you, you know, 70.3s, you get the dry bag. So, and I still have my two dry bags from it and everyone always cracks out. Well, they don't crack up. I think it's funny. They don't. I call them my failure bags. <laughs> And everyone's like, that's horrible. And I'm like, no, it, it's, I don't look at it as a, as a negative, honestly. And I know a lot of people do when you use that word, it's an automatic negative. And to me, it's like, it's not a negative in my brain. To me, saying it's a failure bag reminds me that, hey, remember, this happened. And this is what we need to do to make sure it doesn't happen again. If I forget it, it's like we, you hear all the time. If you forget the the past, it's doomed to happen again. So those Bingo. failure bags are my reminders of what happened last time and what I need to do to fix it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. People, people need some kind of fuel to fuel absolutely. their fire. And that, that to me is your fuel. Yeah. And that's one of those things I think a lot of people have. It's like, I, I have, I've had twice in my life now where I've lost a bunch of weight. Um, and the first time it cracked me up at the, the office that I had, I had a picture of me at my biggest that sat on my desk. Yeah. And everyone's like, why don't you replace that? And I'm like, cause that's my, that's my reminder. That's my fuel to remind me every time when I'm like, nope, I don't think I'm going to go to the gym today. And I see that picture on my desk and I'm like, nope, I need to go to the gym. Yeah. You know, yep. and we all have our different motivations and different, you know, things that help us. And th those for me are, is to remind not just of my wins but remind me of my failure so i know what i need to do to make sure that doesn't happen again yeah in order to get to where you want to go you got to know where you come from exactly exactly so we mentioned a couple of the other races what other races do you have i know i saw one that i like the email you sent the 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 666 yeah it's uh something that i going on for on a long ride you Yes, you're paying attention to the road, you're paying attention to your surroundings, but your mind can go. Yep. It goes uh, all over the place. Yes. And I was thinking, okay, if I'm not able to do certain races, what am I going to do as a goal race, as a goal, an incentive? And I come up with this uh, 666, six hours of biking, uh, six hours of swimming, six hours of biking, six hours of running and measure the distances of each of course and then see what it see what i come up with um six hours of biking and running to me that's at the risk of sounding arrogant that's uh that's a training day mm -hmm. but i've never swam six hours um i've the furthest i've swam was 
four hours, 45 minutes. And that was in Hawaii for 10 K. So, um, so I, that's something I got in my mind. Like I, I like doing charity work. Um, I like to, I, there's a charity that I enjoy working with. I've raised money for them a few different times and, uh, I building a bond with them. And I like that it's a uh, kid's sport, um, kids, that aren't able to participate in sports due to uh, financial reasons, not being able to get the equipment, not being able to pay the registration, that kind of thing. This helps them try a sport. If they like it, they can continue and help get, hopefully get some more help along the way. And the goal is to get the kids moving and being active, right? Yes. As opposed to staring at a device sitting on the couch playing a video game virtually you know like get out and do it yeah, yeah. so that i like to do um so it's hmm. i enjoy it uh i've seen the results of it uh kids i've talked with kid little kids like young kids uh six seven eight years old and they they look up to me and they whoa nice bike and that kind of thing and and I just let them know you can do it too. There's nothing stopping you if you give it a give it a chance and give it a try. You can do it. Yeah, and that's amazing. It's so good to give give back to the the next generation. I think that's one of the things. Like for me, I got lucky. My youngest, he did three years in a row. He did the the Spartan trifecta with me, where he ran all three distances in Spartan. Um, unfortunately, during COVID, he kind of lost all that. He doesn't want to do any of that anymore. But I mean, he's also 20 now and, you know, a 20 year old. So, but, (laughs) so it's, but it's also good to see. I mean, I always made sure of no matter how broke we were when we were younger, if the kids wanted to play sports, we found a way because we wanted them to be able to. And I mean, if you do that, you know, the, the, the charity thing, the next time you do it, let me know and, or, and Don know, and we will, we will help support you on that every way. Cause we both, you know, kids need sports. They Absolutely. need that opportunity. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yes. We, we uh, will help you any way we can. That's awesome. I appreciate that. Yeah. Because it, it's, yeah, like I said, kids need sports. It's one of those that's just, uh, you, I'll never, uh, I coached baseball for years. Uh, my buddy, I have a good buddy that still coaches baseball for his kids. Um, I, I love, you know, I love helping kids get through it and learning and seeing that when they get a sport and they figure out how to do it and, getting people away from getting kids off the away from the devices and everything else is yeah yeah it's it's it needs to happen more you know absolutely yes uh like growing up I used to uh my hockey coach I played hockey up till I was 17 and one of my coaches he he taught power skating as well and he said Tim come come on out show these kids what you can do show them your Show them your skating abilities. And I go out there and skate with them. And they're just, they're just in awe. They're, they're little guys looking up to you and brings a smile to my face and just seeing how they look looking at me. And I enjoyed that. Um, doing skating drills with them. I remember one little guy, he was skating, he come up to the boards and he just before he tried stopping, but he was leaning too far forward and just smoked the boards and got up crying and he's on the, I got up crying and he's standing there and I I saw it all happen. I went over to him and I said, hey, Tommy, that, that was a good crash. I bet if you hurt right now, he says, yeah. I said, I bet you if you skate to the other boards and back real fast, you'll leave the leave the pain behind give it a try. So off he went and come back and I said, well, did you do it? You leave the pain behind? He goes, yeah, I sure did. And he's just huffing and puffing, but he's just happy as can be. And It is amazing. It's a lot of times with kids where they don't want to, but once you get them out there, sometimes they end up really enjoying it. And that was kind of, all of our kids, we never, I never forced them to play specific sports, but I'm like, you need to do something. Mm-hmm. You need to do a sport um, for, you know, more, quite a few years my daughter was a huge baseball player she loved baseball was so funny the biggest girly girl you ever met but if you put catcher's gear on her she was wallowing (laughs) in the dirt she loved to catch be the catch that's Um, awesome 
my my youngest he kind of bounced around from different sports and never really found one that he really enjoyed but because he's not really coordinated yeah which, you know some of us aren't i'm not hugely coordinated on a lot of things but he enjoyed it and he had fun so and that's kind of one of those things it's like i think too many parents force their kids to play the sports they played you know yeah i wish we'd had hockey up here we never had hockey when i was a kid my oldest he played hockey for a season um which he really enjoyed it and i don't know why his 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 mom didn't have him keep doing it i was willing to pay for it but it was yeah one of those things but you know it's i love seeing kids play sports and you mm. know, whatever sport they want to play i'm like i will you know for my kids i will help you i i mean whatever sport you want to play because like when my one son played soccer i've never played i don't know how to play soccer it was just a sport i never go run around for 90 minutes and kick a ball no <laughs> Yeah. Well, growing up, I, I got an older brother and a younger sister. Um, as I said, my mom passed away when I was nine in 1981. And, but my dad had us in sports. My brother played hockey. I played hockey. My sister swam. And I remember a few times there were instances where my dad would say, okay, when you're done your game, come out, don't have a shower. We need to go. We need to go pick up your brother, take him to this game. We need to go get your sister at the to the pool. So somehow we all got it done and everybody got to where they needed to be. And my I thank my dad because of getting us in sports, keeping us active. And that's awesome. See, for me, it was one of those, and it's funny. It's uh, you know, you you kind of met Don through email, and Don's the the one. Um, some people know, some don't. Me and Don have been friends since preschool. We met in preschool. So oh, wow. when it came to sports, my dad is older, um, and I'm the youngest of six. So my brother was, like I said, was the athlete. I was the smart kid. Um, so when it came to to sports, I learned most of it from Don's dad. Okay. So Don's dad's the one who taught taught me how to bowl, taught me how to play baseball, taught me all of that, you know. So it, it's kind of funny where, you know, some people like don't realize that that most of like my sports stuff actually was Don's parents and not mine. So okay. It oh, was wow. I don't think my parents have ever seen me play a sport. Holy cow. In my entire life. Because yeah. like I said, I was the smart kid, you know, which I don't know why I'm not that smart, but <laughs> but I mean. <laughs> I met my school. brothers and sisters. It's not a high bar. So <laughs> in school, I was I wasn't the smart kid. I was the athletic one. And okay, sport, whatever it is, let's go. That's yeah. what I track, lacrosse, hockey, baseball, track and field. I enjoyed it all and volleyball. So I was yeah. always doing something and I enjoyed it. Still do. And see, for me, I was one of those ones. I may not have been playing sports all the time, but I was always outside. I was yeah. outside doing stuff, riding my bike. I mean, I always had, you know, you know, back then the good mountain bikes and dirt bikes were the mongooses. I always had a mongoose, you know, and I was always, you know, freaking mountain bike or, you know, BMX, you know, riding my bike everywhere, you know. So it was, it was a different time. I mean, I had an Atari. Yeah. You know, and then I think I had the the Nintendo. So by the time Super Nintendo came out, I think I was in my teens and I was over it. I'm like, yeah, video games, whatever. You know, I've gotten <laughs> girls. I'm like, I don't, yeah, I yeah. got other things to do than video games. Yeah. You know, yeah. so, but uh, nowadays it's so different because now it's, you know, handhelds, phones, everything else and trying to get kids out there to do stuff. And it's a completely different world now. But yeah, I think I like the 666. I, I might have to try that. My, that, the something. It's yeah, it's something I've been kicking around for a while and excuse me. And I it's uh it's a challenge to me. And then I as I was thinking about it, and then I started thinking different variations of it, uh three hour swim, nine hour ride, nine hour run, you know, like various distances or various times. And uh the longer you go, of course, you're going to run into darkness. Mm -hmm. and that, that's my only obstacle right now. It's I'm okay with me being in the dark. Uh, my wife isn't okay with me being in the dark. <laughs> yeah. 
It's where my wife has an issue too sometimes, but I have, I've gone through and I have a lot of, cause I do a lot of weird, um, there's an event that I do every year called the Sisu and it's out, out here in, in Washington in the Pacific Northwest Sisu 24 hour race starts Saturday morning at 7am and you run until Sunday morning at 7am and see how many miles you can get. Yeah. You know, and you're running loops on the, the mountain trails. So I have a whole like nighttime setup to be able to run but then the difference is then i'm out in the trails with other runners it's all going on but we're in the situation where you're talking about it might just be you running laps around your neighborhood you know and cars aren't always paying attention other issues that you run into and i, I mean i could get the idea of the the darkness yeah so. yeah uh you mentioned that 24-hour run I, i've done some of those runs where it's on a 400 meter standard school track mm -hmm. You run laps and it's converted into miles and that determines your placing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I did a couple of years ago and I think I might change it to kilometers and not tell anyone, but uh, I started running my age. Yeah. Miles. So, um, so this year it should be 45 miles and I turned, like I said, my 45th birthday is this week. So, and I'm not sure my legs are up for that right now, but <laughs> I might do it. Last year, I actually amazingly, I did it on the treadmill. I did mm -hmm. 44 miles on the treadmill. I took my iPad, set it down on the <laughs> yeah. on the treadmill, put on the show I wanted to watch, made sure it was charged up, and just sat there and like binge watched my favorite show for God, I think it was like eight hours. Yeah. Just straight running on the treadmill. <laughs> 44 yeah. miles. Well, it's funny about uh you're talking about treadmills. Uh once upon a time, my wife wanted a treadmill. And I said, okay, fine. As long as you put it to use that it doesn't become an expensive coat rack, mm -hmm. I've got no problem. But now I thoroughly enjoy the treadmill. I've, I've done some, uh, some people would call them crazy things. I've run 50 miles on a treadmill, 80, 85 kilometers, 100 kilometers a few times. And those were charity events that I put on and raise money for different charities and so yeah 100 kilometers 11 hours uh six minutes i think it was so yes yeah i'm i'm trying to think i'm probably gonna do the 45 miles i just haven't decided the year before i did it on we did it as like my birthday party and i literally just ran and we i did the same i went to a track by my house that was a quarter mile track and just ran loops all yep. day long and I had like my friends would show up because it was like I said, my birthday party, basically. So I was just running laps and my friends would show up, run a few laps with me. We'd talk, maybe stop for a minute and have it, you know, as quick, you know, nutrition, some nutrition to keep me moving. You know, I switched shoes every you know, like 15 miles, you know, and stuff like that. And just all day long, I just kept running laps around the track to get the, you know, to get 44 miles. Um, yeah. Because I did do for a long time. I did 100 miles a month was my goal for running. Um, yeah. the last two months, a lot of people, I may not notice this, but I, I didn't make it the last two months. Cause my, I just two years of pushing, like I have, my body was wrecked, um, coming out of this, this race season. Um, after I hit so hard at the, the Ironman, my, I've had an issue with my back and my shoulder. Um, and I just needed, I, like, I need this break. You know, I had gone from May, 2020 until what was it? I, I stopped October was the first month. So October, November, the first two months, I haven't hit hundred miles since May of 2020, you know, and every month. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm 45 years old. My body just needs that. I need this rest mm -hmm. for two months. I mean, I haven't stopped running. I think I hit 60 miles last month and I think I'm going to hit about 55, 60 this month. So I still ran. I just didn't do a hundred. Yeah. So I, just, I just needed that. Take a break. So, yeah. you know, and that's kind of been the, the, but then like, Saturday I went with a buddy we ran on the treadmill for and what I did a mile on the treadmill did an hour like leg workout and then did a spin class so mm -hmm. so I mean nice. you know I still have been doing stuff but it's just kind of taking a break trying to you know to get it down because I mean you know <laughs> I'm getting a little older but I need to I, and I think what it is too is like you were saying I need to focus on the training what am, what's my goal I've had a lot of co talks with one of my my coaches Megan and it's I need a goal for next year and my goal is the Ironman. So I need to look at the Ironman. And I think this year I was still doing all the, I still did a Spartan three trifectas in Spartan, you know, two back-to-back -back trifecta weekends with Spartan and then, you know, multiple triathlons. And it's like, 
I need to focus on the Iron Man and just get that. You know, yeah. I think that's my thing. I focus on too much. <laughs> you, you learn these things along the way. You do. You do. You do. What's important? What's the focus? How do I get there? Who's supporting me? Yes. Yeah. And that's one thing, you know, that's really, I'm lucky. I have a really good, like you were talking about, I have a good support support team um, between, you know, Dawn, who, you know, we do the podcast together, um, supporting me and supporting each other. Um, my good friend, Brian, we do a lot together. And then I have multiple friends that are coaches that, that work with me to help, you know, keep me in line to do things where I'm not just like, oh yeah, this sounds great. Cause like I said, I'm, I'm totally ADHD where something sounds amazing to me. And I'm like, oh, let's go do this. Like with the first time I ran the, you know, my age, I'm like, oh, sure. Why not? Let's try this. I've never ran more than a, a marathon. So yeah. yeah, let's run my age. Why not? <laughs> well, I, I kind of get that. Uh, you mentioning that I started thinking about uh, the first time I ran 50 miles. Uh, the previous distance I ran was a half marathon. When I found out about this 50 mile run around uh, Couch and Lake, I thought my 17 year old brain was, yeah, I like running. I've ran a half marathon. That's only what, uh, 30, 37 more miles? Yeah, why not? <laughs> how hard could it be? Yeah. Yeah. yeah and but, that's, that's kind of how my brain works. Cause I, before that summer, I had actually done, I did do 30 or 43 before I did that, but I, um, at mile 43, it was actually really about mile 42, my hip, like just gave up. I don't know if it, it I mean, I don't know if it dislocated. It might've cause it hurt bad, but all of a sudden it just, everything in my hip was cramped up. I couldn't move it. It was stuck. And I had to limp back like the mile back to my house. And I'm like, okay. Cause I was going for 50 and I'm like, done. Don't know what that is, but we're done. You know? <laughs> So yeah. it's, I've done a couple of times with that, but then I trained harder. And then I, I think when I ended up doing it, finally, I was at like 50 pounds smaller because I went from three, almost 300 to, I was down to 180 at one point. Oh, wow. Time. So Holy. I dropped a bunch. I'm about 230 right now, but. Okay. Nice. But it's, yeah. Journey. It's a journey. It is. It is. But when I hit 180, it was like one of those, like my goal was to get under 200 and then I hit 180 and I'm like, even my boss is like, are you sick? <laughs> like, yeah. No. Yeah. This is healthy. And then I'm looking in the yeah. mirror going, okay, no, I get it now. I, I know why he's asking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. People wonder if you're in treatment or not. Is there anything you want to tell the listeners in closing? To do. Don't be scared to try. Just try. If you don't succeed, what's the harm in it? You might you might enjoy it. You might find a focus. No. And there's nothing wrong with that. No, there's not. And that is one of the biggest things. Just try, go for it. If it does, if you don't succeed, you, you did something new. You you looked at your fears. Just do it. I want to give a shout out. Okay. Craig Braun, Terry Smith. Rest of the crew at uh, Mammoth Endurance, they are, <laughs> I, I think they're incredible. I've only met them the one time, but as I said, when you go to these races, you instantly become family. You, you meet them, you enjoy their company, you have the same mindset as you, and it's, it's a bond. Mm -hmm. It's uh, you do these races and you want to go back, whether you finish the race or not, or even if you just go, if you just go to watch, or if you're a crew, you want to go there to see these people again. And that's what I like. Yeah. And those are the best ones. Like I said, I mentioned that the CC race, and that's how I feel in the CC. Mm -hmm. The very first time I did it, we're competing against each other, but we were the best friends. We'd go hike together. We'd run the race run together, talk to each other, help each other. You know, I told everyone like, Hey, my cooler's over there. If you need something, go ahead. It's, it's, it's a community cooler at this point. Cause I'm not going to use it all, you know? So, and that's, yeah. that's, what's great about it. And especially endurance. I found that with endurance people, it's, you know, everyone's there to help each other. Yes. I got to say this too. You say that everybody's to help each other. 
when I was in Hawaii racing Ultraman World Championships, it was near the end of day two. I was about 15 kilometers from the end. I got a flat tire, uh, flat front. Uh, my crew was having a hard time getting my tire back on with the tube in and the team from Honduras, their, uh, their racer passed me and their crew stopped, everything okay, are you all right? Uh, I said, no, we're having a hard time getting my wheel on. They took my wheel, uh, come back with one of his wheels and here, put it on your bike, finish your day. Wow. Not knowing these people, I don't even know their name. All I knew was that it was Team Honduras, okay? Think about this for a sec. You don't know who I am, but here's a $2,000 wheel, put it on your bike, finish your day yeah so I finished my finished my day and of course i'm looking for them to return the wheel so i found them returned the wheel thanked them thanked them graciously and they returned my wheel changed ready to ride <laughs> wow and and that's what's amazing on those teams yeah somebody you're racing but they're also your teammate mm -hmm. help out that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, it's been great talking to you and I'm sure we will talk again. Excellent. All right. Thank, Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks for listening to the BeastNet podcast. If you haven't done it yet, find us on Facebook, like, and share the podcast. Give us a review on iTunes or Spotify. All these things will help to expand the show in the future. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear. Yeah.